Hi, welcome back to Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. I'm Lynn. And I'm Rochelle. And today we're talking about season four, episode 20, called The Rapture. So I just want to start this out by saying that this was very hard for me to take notes on this episode. I don't know why, <gasps> but I never got to a point where my handwriting seemed legible. <laughs> so if I mess up a bunch, it's just, I don't know, maybe it's all the drugs I'm on. <laughs> But, it is what it is. But my hand just like never, my hand never relaxed. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just like this like cramped state of like, this sucks. Like, this isn't going to be happy. Yeah. Okay, so we start out on a dock. Dean's fishing. It's very peaceful. Suddenly Cass is standing behind him. He says, we need to talk. Dean says, I'm dreaming, aren't I? <sighs> Dean is dreaming of Castiel. I mean, he's not dreaming of Castiel. To be fair, Castiel just shows up in his dream. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had, like, such a tranquil moment like Dina's having at this dock fishing by himself. You I know what I mean? I never remember my dreams anyways. I generally do. <laughs> I remember them, like, right when I first wake up, and then they kind of slowly fade as the day goes on. Yeah. I kind of wonder if I don't dream. You have to dream or you'd go crazy. You just don't remember. Yeah. But, yeah, I never remember it. Mm-hmm. Like, never. Eric's the same way, yeah. Uh, every once in a while, if it's, like, a really bad dream, I'll, like, wake up. Yeah. And then I'll be like, okay, and then I might remember it, like, when I wake up, wake up in the morning, but, mm-hmm. like, vague bits and pieces or whatever, unless it was, like, traumatizing me. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then I'll kind of, like, okay, you know. But, yeah, other than that, like, unless it's so bad that it wakes me up, I, like, never remember them. Yeah. That's probably for the best. Dreams are weird. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I mean, I don't know if it's for the best. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) I mean, yeah. yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Okay. Um, Cass says, it's not safe here. Someplace more private. Dean says, more private? We're inside my head. Cass says, exactly. Someone could be listening. Dean says, Cass, what's wrong? Cass pulls a piece of paper out of his pocket and hands it to Dean. He says, meet me here. Go now. Cass disappears and Dean wakes up. So we cut to Sam and Dean walking through a warehouse. Sam says, what did he say, Dean? What was so important? Dean says, if I knew, would I be here? There's a bunch of wreckage around. Dean says, what the hell? Sam says, looks like a bomb went off. Dean says, there was a fight here. Sam asks, between who? Then they see some graffiti on the wall. Dean says, check it out. Look familiar? Sam says, yeah, it does. Anna used something like that to... Dean says, wish the angels back to the cornfield. Sam says, so what? Cass was fighting angels? Then they find Cass unconscious on the floor. They wake him up and he says, what's going on? Sam says, take it easy. Just take it easy. Cass, are you okay? Cass says, Castiel? I'm not Castiel. It's me. (laughs) Sam says, who's me? Cass says, Jimmy. My name is Jimmy. Dean says, where the hell is Castiel? Jimmy says, he's gone. And we get our opening title sequence. Um, I just want to say that I loved that um, Misha, who plays Castiel, mm-hmm. um, got to use his real voice I know. playing Jimmy instead yeah. of the deeper voice for Castiel. It's like so high compared to. It's so like, different. Yeah, I, I mean, I like I like his voice either way, but it's just yeah. kind of like the difference. Like that, this is why he had voice like throat problems because right. he's like having to throw his voice so deep for everything. Yeah, like, I wonder if like because. Your vocal cords are kind of like muscles. Right. Like, I wonder if his voice, I'm sure it is, like, just naturally is deeper now because he throws his voice deep Mm -hmm. so, or he has thrown his voice deep for so long. I remember thinking at um, a panel of his that his voice didn't sound that much higher 
that it does as it probably as has Castillo. changed. Yeah. Cause, I, mean, I think the same is with Jensen because he did his voice lower too and now when you hear him speak just wherever like Facebook videos and stuff it's mm-hmm. really a deep voice see I never thought that his voice was all that different from um, Dean's anyways it wasn't but, but it was a little bit higher I think yeah yeah. I don't know and plus I mean when you're older I think your voice yeah. Like starts to get a little... I hope so, because, listen, I am so high-pitched that at some point it's got to lower and be less shrill. You know? yeah. <laughs> I don't think your voice is shrill. Oh, my gosh. Okay, <laughs> at some point I should show you the, um, the home videos of me when I was a kid. My voice... Okay, you think Killian is shrill? Lordy, like my oh, voice no. is so high pitched and just at like a talking level. Mm-hmm. They're just like, and it's just oh, like, my God. I annoy myself watching uh-huh. the videos <laughs> <laughs> of me when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, that's that's sharp, you know, like, oh, yeah, but yeah, Killian definitely hits that shrieking, but it's when he's screaming, pitch. though, right? Right, like, I was not screaming, <laughs> he, I should show you, he has. Point on screamed a couple times in the mm-hmm. last two days in, yeah. in like rage and anger mm-hmm. like I like one time I told you my alarm went off mm-hmm. because it detected a broken a glass breaking sound yeah <laughs> and I, I was surprised it didn't go off this last couple times because yeah. he was just like full on screaming just like ah! <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah oh Jesus mm-hmm. okay so we cut to a motel room Jimmy is stuffing his face with a burger Dean says mine's slowing down you're gonna give me an Angina. I don't. What is angina? Like pain. General. It's like general pain. But usually okay. they like. Usually people reference it to like heart pain. Oh, you know? okay. Like you're gonna make me have a heart attack. Okay. You know? Okay. Jimmy says I'm hungry. Sam says When's the last time you ate? Jimmy says I don't know. Months. Sam says What the hell happened back there? It looked like an angel battle royale. Jimmy says, all I remember is there was a flash of light and I woke up and I was just, you know, like me again. Dean says, so what, Cass just ditched you out of your meat suit? Jimmy says, I really don't know. Sam asks, you remember anything about being possessed? Anything at all? Jimmy says, yeah, bits and pieces. I mean, angel inside of you. It's kind of like being chained to a comet. Dean says, well, that doesn't sound like much fun. Jimmy says, understatement. Uh, Sam says, Cass said he wanted to tell us something. Please tell me you remember that. Jimmy shakes his head and says, sorry. Dean says, come on, what do you know? Jimmy says, my name is Jimmy Nomad. Jimmy Novak. <laughs> Nomad. Nomad. <laughs> I'm from Pontiac, Illinois, and I have a family. We cut to a flashback. Jimmy is sitting at the dinner table with his wife and daughter. The screen says, Pontiac, Illinois, one year ago. The daughter reaches for some food, but Jimmy says, Claire. She drops it, and they all hold hands. Jimmy says, Grace. We cut to Jimmy sleeping in front of the TV. Uh, This is still part of the flashback. The TV starts to static, which wakes Jimmy up. He gets up to turn the TV off, and a high-pitched sound starts. He starts screaming and covering his ears. The TV is still staticky and flashing bright light. (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) Hold on. It was just too exciting. (laughs) <laughs> that surprised me. Okay. Are you okay? I'm. I can't say that anymore. I'm not a lifeguard. Wow. <laughs> I just had like a <coughs> early life crisis. Oh no! Are you okay? <laughs> well, so it. I mean, not really, but it. When you're a lifeguard, like you're supposed to do the whole like if somebody's having like 
some sort of incident, you're supposed to be like, I'm a lifeguard, may I help you? You know, and then you do the whole, like, I am trained in blah, 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 or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, my friends and I, growing up in high school, a lot would, if somebody, like, stubbed their toe, we'd be like, I'm a lifeguard, may I help you? Yeah. And I just had that moment, and then I realized, oh, I'm not. I'm still trained in uh, first aid and CPR, though. Good. So, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, then Jimmy falls to the floor and starts convulsing. We cut to current day. Sam and Dean are outside the motel room. Sam says, so what do we do? Dean says, what do you mean? The guy's got a family. We buy him a bus ticket and send him home. Sam says, I don't know about that. Dean, he's the only lead we got. Dean says, he doesn't know anything. Sam says, are you 100% about that? Dean says, you think he's lying? What, you want to go Guantanamo on the guy? <laughs> Sam says, Dean, maybe he doesn't even know what he knows. I'd say at least we get him to Bobby's. Maybe all he needs is a hypnosis or a psychic. Or hell, maybe Cass will just drop back into him. Dean says, I don't know, man. Sam says, Dean, back there, that was angel on angel violence. Now, I don't know what, what, mm-hmm. now, I don't know what's going on, but it's big. And we can't just let the guy, and we can't just let our only lead we got skip out. Well, that was hard to say. <sighs> Dean shakes his head and says, remember when our job was just helping people, like getting them back to their family? Sam says, you think I don't want to help him? I'm just being realistic. I mean, hell, we're doing him a favor. Dean, if we want to question the guy, you can damn well bet the demons do, too. We cut to inside the motel room. Jimmy says, what the hell are you talking about? I can't go home. Dean says, there's a good chance you have a bullseye on your back. Jimmy says, what? From who? Dean says, demons. Jimmy says, oh, come on, that's crazy. What do they want with me? Dean says, I don't know, information, maybe. Jimmy says, I don't know. Jimmy says, I don't know anything. Look, I'm done, okay? With demons, angels, all of it. I just want to go home. Dean says, we understand. Jimmy says, no, I don't think that you do understand. I've been shot and stabbed and healed, and my body's been dragged all over the earth. By some miracle, I'm out. I'm done. I've given enough, okay? Sam says, look, all we're saying is that until we figure out uh, until we figure this out, the safest place is with us. Jimmy says, how long? Sam says, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Jimmy tries to leave, but Sam blocks him. Dean says, where are you going? Jimmy says, to see my wife and daughter, okay? Sam says, no, you're not. You're just going to put the people in danger. Jimmy says, so what? Now I'm a prisoner? Sam says, harsh way to put it. So we cut to 4.34 a.m., Sam is up and sees that Jimmy and Dean are sleeping. He creeps out of the room, and Jimmy opens his eyes. He gets up and creeps outside and runs away. <laughs> Sam is by... So sneaky. I know. Sam is by a vending machine. He opens up a flask and pours out some demon blood and starts drinking it. We cut to Sam back in the motel room. He's packing. He says, Dean, would you hurry up? Dean is brushing his teeth. Sam says, sorry, is this funny to you? Dean says, Mr. Big Bad Prison Guard and Jimmy McMook gives you the slip? Yeah, it's pretty funny. What were you doing anyway? Sam says, I was getting a Coke. Dean says, was it a refreshing Coke? (laughs) What a smart ass. I know. (laughs) Sam says, can we just go, please? So we cut to Jimmy on a bus headed home. We flash back to Jimmy cutting some vegetables. There's an old-fashioned radio that starts playing a high-pitched noise. We cut to Jimmy with his hand in a pot of boiling water. Dude. Not the smartest. Dude. Okay. <laughs> like, what I know. Are you doing? I, I didn't remember that from before, and I'm just like, ah, when I saw it. <laughs> His wife Amelia comes home. She says, mmm, something smells good. Then she notices what Jimmy's doing, and she says, what the hell are you doing? Okay, well, here's the thing. 
Like, my mind immediately went to, mm, something smells good. He's not cooking anything other than himself at that point. I know. But he's not actually cooking himself. He's not. Or it's cooking and healing so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Just like. Maybe uh, there's some food in the oven that we don't know about. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I hope, too. Uh, she says, what the hell are you doing? Jimmy says, it's okay. I'm okay. Look. He pulls out his hand unharmed. She says, what's wrong with you? He says, nothing's wrong. He asked me to do it. Amelia says, who asked you to do it? He says, Castiel, to prove my faith. Look, I'm fine. It's a miracle. Amelia says, who's Castiel? We cut to present day. Sam and Dean are driving and baby. Suddenly, Anna is in the back seat. She says, hey, guys. And Dean swerves the car. (laughs) Dean says, geez. Anna says, smooth. (laughs) Dean says, you ever try calling ahead? Anna says, I like the element of surprise. (laughs) And possible death. Yeah. Dean says, you look terrific. Anna says, yeah, not the most appropriate time, Dean. You let Jimmy get away? Dean says, talk to Ginormo here. Anna says, Sam, you seem different. Sam says, me? I don't know. Haircut? Anna says, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, What? I mean, uh. Yeah, right. So what did Jimmy tell you? He remember anything? Dean says, why? What's going on? Anna says, it's Cass. He got sent back home. Well, more like dragged back. Dean says, to heaven? That's not a good thing? Anna says, no, that is a very bad thing. Painfully, awfully bad. He must have seriously pissed someone off. Dean says, Cass said he had something to tell me, something important. Anna says, what? Dean says, I don't know. Anna says, does Jimmy know? Dean says, I don't think so. Anna says, you don't think so. Whatever it is, it's huge. You got to find out for sure. Sam says, that's why we're going after Jimmy. Anna says, that's why you shouldn't have let him go in the first place. He's probably dead already. We cut to Jimmy walking up to his house. We cut to a flashback. Amelia says to Jimmy, take the pills. Jimmy says, I'm not sick. (laughs) Take the pills. Take the pills. I know that this is hard to understand. (laughs) What? It's time to take your pills. Oh, yeah. My drug alarm. I have this alarm that goes on my phone twice an evening. And it's it's this very deep voice with some menacing sounds. It says, it's time to take your pills. Over and over. It's kind of great. Yeah, I love it. It reminds me. That's what I need. Um, Jimmy says, I'm not sick. I know that this is hard to understand, but he chose me. Amelia says, Castiel, the angel. Jimmy says, he's spoken to me now a dozen times. Hey, you believe in God, don't you? Amelia says, what kind of question is that? Of course. Jimmy says, and angels? Amelia says, yes, Jimmy. He says, so why is it then so hard for you to believe that they're talking to me? She says, Jimmy, you still add time for the AM radio. (laughs) Jimmy says, no, he said that I'm special. It's in my blood. She says, what does that even mean? It's in your blood. Jimmy says, he didn't say. He just said that God had chosen me for a higher purpose. She says, to do what? He says, you know, it's God's will. Not really my place to question it. Hey, come here. This is a blessing. This is the most important thing to ever happen to me. She's like, thanks. Yeah, I know. I would be too. (laughs) Amelia says, I thought we were the most important things to ever happen to you. Jimmy says, hey, have faith. She says, Jimmy, you're scaring me. Jimmy says, God will provide. She says, if you don't take your pills and you won't get help, then I'm going to take Claire to my mother's in the morning. And she walks away. Cut to Jimmy dressed in, uh, cut to Jimmy dressed in a suit, putting on his trench coat. I know. He goes outside and starts to pray. He says, I, so I want to help you. I'm about to lose my family here. If you don't tell me how, please Castiel, just talk to me. What do you want from me? Then there's a bright light and a high pitched sound. 
Jimmy says, yes, I understand. Promise my family will be okay and I'll do it. Then yes. Then Castiel possesses Jimmy. Claire comes outside and says, Daddy? Cass says, I am not your father. And he walks away. Cut back to the present. Jimmy is watching his family through a window. He rings the doorbell and Amelia answers. She says, we stopped looking for you. He says, I am so sorry. She says, you were dead. We thought you were dead. He says, I'm okay. We cut to inside the house a little while later. Claire tries to come into the room, but Amelia sends her away. Jimmy asks, can I see her? Amelia says, oh no, I don't know yet. It's been almost a year, you know. I think your daughter would have wanted to know you were okay. Jimmy says, I was in a psych clinic. I just wanted to get myself straight before seeing you. She says, oh, and no telephones or... Jimmy says, no, I know, you're right. I'm so sorry, but it's all over now. I mean, I'm really okay. She says, what does that mean? (laughs) He says, I was confused, Amelia. I was completely delusional, and I thought God was calling me to something. I thought that it was important, and I was wrong. I'm such an idiot. Heaven, hell, none of that matters. The only thing that's important to me is you and Claire, and I can't undo what I've done, but I just want to come home again. Amelia says, I don't know if I can do that. Not yet. Jimmy says, yeah, I mean, whatever you're comfortable with. Maybe we could start with something smaller. She says, like what? Jimmy says, I don't know, dinner? So we cut to Sam making a phone call in private. He says, where the hell are you, Ruby? This isn't funny anymore. I'm all out. Stop whatever you're doing. Call me. I need more. He's like a little junkie. He is (laughs) such a junkie. Jeez. So we cut back to Jimmy. Claire says, hi, Daddy. Jimmy says, hi, baby. They hug. Amelia comes in with dinner. Jimmy says, should we sit? So they sit, and Jimmy grabs some food. Claire says, Daddy, aren't you going to say grace? Jimmy says, no, honey, I don't think I am. He starts to cry, and Claire asks him why he's crying. Jimmy says, because I'm happy. Then the doorbell rings. It's a dude named Roger. (laughs) Hey, Roger. Hey, Roger. (laughs) Amelia says, it's not a good time right now, but Roger says, am I crazy, or did I just see your husband wander in here half an hour ago? Jimmy joins them, and Roger says, there he is. Son of a bitch, what happened to you? Jimmy says, long story, but it's over. I'm good. Roger says, can I talk to you? Amelia goes to get him a beer, and Jimmy and Roger go into another room. Roger says, buddy, you scared the hell out of a lot of people. So really, what happened? Jimmy says, honestly, worst year of my life, and you wouldn't believe a word of it. But it's all okay now. I swear. Roger says, actually, it's not. Jimmy says, what do you mean? Okay, I... I thought that Roger was going to be like, I'm banging your wife. That's where I immediately went yeah. to. I was like, oh, that is you what know, I he, thought was happening. I thought he was going to do the Well, either that or I thought he was going to do the whole like, you have no business showing up back here after what you've done to her sort of thing. Yeah. You know? Like one of the two. But I mean, probably a combination. But yeah, yeah I yeah, immediately yeah. went to like, they're in that together somehow. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> They set it up like that. They must yeah. have done that on purpose. Oh, I'm so, sure. Roger says, actually, no, it's not. Jimmy says, what do you mean? Roger says, well, I mean, I'm going to gut your daughter while you watch. And his eyes go demon black. Amelia comes in with a beer, and Jimmy starts hitting Roger over the head with something. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell what he was hitting Roger with. I don't remember. Some sort of knickknack that he picked up off the table, yeah, I guess. Yeah, something. Nothing yeah. like, I just not couldn't a say. weapon, weapon yeah. you know? Yeah, so Jimmy starts hitting Roger over the head with something while screaming at Amelia to run. We cut to Jimmy shoving Amelia and Claire into the pantry. Amelia says, Roger was your best friend. Jimmy grabs the salt and says, Roger was a demon. Don't cross this line. Amelia says, Jimmy, you thought you were better. You were so sick. Jimmy says, I am not crazy. Amelia says, stay the hell away from us. Jimmy says, this is very, very real. Claire runs out of the pantry and Jimmy and Amelia follow. Then Roger has Claire. Roger says, hey, pal, told you I'd gut the bitch. 
Jimmy says, just let her go, okay? Roger says, now me? I would. But the missus, she has other ideas. Then there's a demon possessing a woman. She starts kicking Jimmy's ass. She shows her demon black eyes to Amelia. And Amelia immediately throws herself onto the demon lady's back. I thought that was kind of sweet. Yeah, like, don't you touch her! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, suddenly Dean is there, and he cuts Roger's throat with a demon-killing knife. Sam tries to exercise the lady demon with his powers, but he's not strong enough. She he sa- just passes some more wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. I'm never going to get over that. I know. Just her hair blowing in the farting breeze. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Oh, I am not an adult. <laughs> who let me be an adult? Like, who decided that I was stable enough? Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, like... Uh. Uh, so he's not strong enough. She says, can't get it up, can you, Sam? Dean says, no, but I can. And just before he... (laughs) 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 He's passing wind, but I'm getting it up. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And just before he can stab her, she demon smokes out of the meat suit. Then Dean rushes them all outside and into baby. We cut to... um, Outside a baby. <laughs> Jimmy says to Dean, you were right. Dean says, sorry, we were. Jimmy says, but I'm telling you, I don't know anything. Dean says, I don't think they're inclined to believe you. Sam says, even if they did, you're a vessel. They're still, they're still going to want to know what makes you tick. Dean says, which means vivisection, if they're feeling generous. Sam says, I'm going to tell you again, you're putting your family in danger. You have to come with us. Jimmy says, how long? And don't give me that cross that bridge when we get to it crap. Sam says, don't you get it? Forever. The demons will never stop. You can never be with your family. So you either get as far away from them as possible, or you put a bullet in your head, and that is how you keep your family safe. But there's no getting out, and there's no going home. Sam is being kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is the addiction speaking. He's in, like, yeah. withdrawals from it. Yeah. <clears throat> Dean says, well, don't sugarcoat it, Sam. Sam says, I'm just telling him the truth, Dean. Someone has to. Then Jimmy gets inside Baby with his family. Amelia says, so I pretty much owe you the biggest apology ever. Jimmy says, no, you don't. She says, yes, I do. I'm so sorry, Jimmy, and I will never, ever forgive myself for letting you walk out that door. Jimmy says, well, you did what any rational person would have done. I mean, hell, I I thought I was crazy half the time. She says, so demons, huh? Can we even go home? What are we going to do? Jimmy says, these boys are going to get you a car, don't ask me how, and you're going to take Claire to Carl and Sally's as fast as you can. She says, wait, what about you? No, I'm not going anywhere without you, Jimmy. He says, listen to me. Every moment that I'm with you, you and Claire are in danger. She says, I don't care. We are not splitting up again. He says, we don't have a choice. She says, for how long? He says, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. They both look at Claire, who has been sleeping this whole time. Amelia says, we're family. Jimmy says, they will kill you, Amelia, and they will kill Claire. You just have to get as far away from me as you can. Cut to Sam hot-wiring a car. He says to Amelia, okay, here's your car. Jimmy says to Claire, take care of your mom, okay, bub? Then Sam and Dean and Jimmy get into baby and drive away. Claire says to Amelia, why is he leaving again? Then Amelia slaps Claire. Her eyes go demon black, and she says, this is just not my day, is it? You little bitch. We cut to the boys driving. Jimmy is asleep. 
Dean says to Sam, what the hell happened back there? You practically fainted trying to gank a demon. Sam says, okay, I didn't faint. I got a little dizzy. <laughs> Dean says, well... I didn't pass out all the way. <laughs> I know. Dean says, well, call it whatever you want. Point is, you used to be strong enough to kill Alistair. Now you can't even kill stunt demon number three? <laughs> Sam says, what do you want me to say about it, Dean? Dean says, for starters, what's going on with your mojo? I mean, it's yo-yoing all over the place. Now, I'm not trying to pick a fight here, okay? I just, you're scaring me, man. Sam says, I'm scaring myself. A phone rings and Sam answers. He hands the phone to Jimmy and says, it's your wife. Jimmy says into the phone, Amelia, oh my God. Then we cut to outside a warehouse. The three boys get out a baby. Dean says, all right, they're expecting you to come alone. That's exactly what you're going to do. Sam says, we'll work our way through the catwalks. We'll be right behind you. Dean says, all you got to do is stay calm and stall and let us do our job. Jimmy says, you want me to stay calm? This is my family we're talking about. Dean says, listen to me. This will work. You understand? No, but no. Nobody's going to get hurt. Jimmy says, whatever. Give me a moment, okay? And he walks off. Sam says, there's no way they're expecting him to come alone, Dean. You know this is probably a trap. Dean says, yeah, I know. That's why I have a plan. So we cut to Jimmy walking down the street. He yells, Castiel, you son of a bitch. You (sighs) promised me my family would be okay. You promised you were going to take care of them. I gave you everything you asked me to give. I gave you more. This is the thanks I get. This is what you do. You're heaven. Help me, please. You promise, Cass. Just help me. Nothing happens. And Jimmy says, typical. Then Jimmy goes inside the warehouse and sees Amelia. Claire is tied to a chair. Amelia says, hi, honey. You're home. Jimmy says, listen, I'm begging you here. You do whatever you want with me. But my wife and daughter, they're just not a part of this. She says, oh, they're a big part of this, Jimmy. P.S. You should have come alone. Jimmy says, I am alone. She says, oh, you're such a liar. Like, I didn't think you'd bring Heckle and Jekyll. Then three demons bring in Sam and Dean. Sam says, nice plan, Dean. Dean says, yeah, well, nobody bats a thousand. (laughs) Amelia says to a demon, got the knife? And the demon holds it up. Amelia says, you know what's funny? Dean says, you wearing a soccer mom? (laughs) She says, I was actually bummed to get this detail. Picking up an empty vessel, sort of like a milk run. Now look who landed in my lap. Sam says, yeah, well, you got us, okay? Let these people go. Amelia says, oh, Sam, it's easy to act chivalrous. I can't say that word. Chivalrous. Chivalrous. (laughs) When your Wonder Girl powers aren't working, huh? Now for the... mm, Oh, that's... Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I couldn't read my writing for a second. Now for the punchline. Everybody dies. Then she shoots Jimmy in the stomach. Oh! Which is like, no, why? (laughs) That's just like a very slow way to die. Yeah. She says to one of her minions, waste little orphan Annie. A demon walks over to Claire, who looks like she's unconscious. The demon swings something at her head, but she stops it and touches the demon on the head. He dies. Sam and Dean start fighting the demons in the room. Claire uh, frees herself. I guess it's Castiel frees himself. Herself. (laughs) And Jimmy says, Castiel. Then Cass kills another demon. Sam is fighting a demon, and he cuts her neck and starts drinking her blood. Ugh. Like, went all vamp on her. Yeah, he, like, restrained her so she couldn't move and just, like, sliced her neck a little bit and then was just, like, lapping at her neck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, like, and this is the moment that the addict gets caught. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he couldn't help himself. (laughs) No. When he stops, both Dean and Cass are there watching him. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Then Sam kills the demon with a knife. Sam then exercises the demon out of Amelia. Castiel goes over to Jimmy and says, of course we keep our promises. Of course you have our gratitude. You served us well. Your work is done. It's time to go home now. Your real home. You'll rest forever in the fields of the Lord. Rest now, Jimmy. 
Jimmy says, no, Claire. Cass says, she's with me now. She's chosen. It's in her blood as it was in yours. Jimmy says, please, Castiel. I mean, just take me. Take me, please. Cass says, I want to make sure you understand. You won't die or age. If this last year was painful for you, picture a hundred, a thousand more like it. Jimmy says, doesn't matter. You take me. Just take me. Cass says, as you wish. And then Cass possesses Jimmy as everyone watches. Cass then walks over to Sam and Dean while Amelia comforts Claire. Cass starts to walk away, and Dean says, Cass, hold up. What were you going to tell me? Cass says, I learned my lesson while I was away. I serve heaven. I don't serve man, and I certainly don't serve you. Somebody peed in his Cheerios. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard that before. You've never heard that? (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, no. I think... I've heard penis Cheerios and pissed in his Wheaties. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, that's funny. <clears throat> then Cass walks away. We cut to Sam and Dean driving and baby. Sam says, all right, let's hear it. Drop the bomb, man. You saw what I did. Come on, stop the car. Take a swing. Dean says, I'm not going to take a swing. Sam says, then scream. Chew me out. Dean says, I'm not mad, Sam. Sam says, oh, come on. You're not mad? Right. At least let me explain myself. Dean says, don't. I don't care. What do you want me to say? That I'm disappointed? Yeah, I am. But mostly, I'm just tired, man. And I am done. I'm just done. Sam's phone rings and it's Bobby. He says, hey, you and your brother better shag ass back to my place, ASAP. Sam says, why? What's going on? Bobby says, the apocalypse, genius. Now, <laughs> you idiot. Yeah, now get your <laughs> you asses idiot. over here, you idiot. <laughs> they hang up and Dean asks, what do you say? So we cut to the boys at Bobby's. Bobby says, well, thanks for shaking it. Thanks for shaking a tail. Glad you got here. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> he leads them. No, I need to take a drink of water. <laughs> oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I like that cup. Oh, thank you. I think I got it in Chelan. Nice Starbucks cup. I think, I think Amy bought it for me. Big Starbucks cup. When we were being animals. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Oh, boy. Hashtag shillanimals. <laughs> I didn't come up with it. Okay. <clears throat> uh, he leads him down to the panic room and says to Sam, now go on inside. I want to show you something. Sam goes in and says, all right, so what's this big demon problem? Bobby says, you are. This is for your own good. And Bobby closes the door and locks him in. Sam says, guys, hey, guys, this isn't funny. Bobby closes the peephole and credits. They're tricksy ones. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I would probably do the same thing. If it was me and I was drinking demon blood, you would lock me in a panic room. Oh, I'd room. detox you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going to lock you in this room and you're not coming out until you're better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I hope somebody would do the same thing to me. Yeah. I, no, I totally would. Like, <laughs> I would totally uh, trick your ass into a panic room. I'd probably go in there willingly and be like, ooh, this is kind of cool. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Hey, guys. You come know? on. Hey, come on. No, man. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I have thoughts. Okay. So I looked up the vivisection thing. Because oh, I good. Didn't know because what I didn't know what that is either. It's like experimenting on live animals, basically. Uh. Like, you know, it's like, well, okay, let me look up the uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to hear it if it's on live animals because that just sounds really awful it says well it's there's no like examples or anything it just says the practice of performing operations on live animals for the purpose of experimentation or scientific research i hate it so i don't like it i'm not saying it's a good thing but i didn't know what it was i was like i knew it was probably some sort of like experimenting or slicing and dicing or something you know but yeah 
So, um, so that's that. <laughs> that's, that's I did not thing. like it. Um, okay, at the beginning of the episode, when the episode started, and he's just, like, sitting there on that dock, I'm like, it's been a long time since I've been fishing. Oh, really? I want to go fishing. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like fun. But I was also the kid that uh, <laughs> when I was probably, I think, in, like, kindergarten about, um, or maybe preschool or something like that. It was, like, one of those class things where you go to, like, a trout farm or whatever, and they oh, have yeah. you fish for the trout, and then you bring it up to the window, and they, like, clean it for you and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I remember, because fish's hearts, when you take them out, they keep beating for quite a while. Okay. Um, and so my mom's like, I don't know if she's going to be able to handle that, because apparently I was a very sensitive child. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, I don't know if she's going to be able to handle it. Like, and she's like, I, she said that she had had, like, had a talk with me beforehand. And I vaguely remember, like, as it was happening, the guy, like, was cleaning the fish. And he took the heart out and he put it out on the counter in front of all the kids for us to, like, watch it beating. And I was just, like, fascinated with it. And, oh, like, yeah. staring at it. And all the other kids were going, like, ew. And I'm like, ooh. You know? Yeah. <laughs> weird. And I was like, we knew you were weird from that moment on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> how weird. Scientific curiosity, yeah. I guess. But yeah, so. But yeah, at any rate, I want to go fishing now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, okay, so I think it, it was interesting. Like, Jimmy's wife did not look thrilled about him showing up at the door. Like, you would think at first you'd be like, oh my gosh, you're alive. And then you'd be like, what the heck, you right. know. But, like, not just have him show up and be like, what are you doing here? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. It's like, this is your your husband, somebody that you're supposed to, like, mm-hmm. love, and you're like, why are you here? Yeah. I mean, I would be pissed, too, but I'd be pissed, my but immediate I would... reaction wouldn't be to just be pissed. Yeah, it would be that, like, joy that you're like, alive. You're alive. Yeah. Also, I'm going to smack you now. <laughs> like, yeah. why the heck? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Also, like, I like Jimmy. He's a doofus, but I like him. I like you know? Jimmy, like, too. I like Jimmy. He kind of, yeah... Maybe not the brightest. Yeah, not the stupidest. Not the dumbest, but not the brightest either. Yeah. But, yeah, and I honestly, like, I don't remember much from this episode. Yeah, I think I'd only seen it once or twice. I kind of was bummed out by this episode. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, all I really remember from it was um, Claire being possessed by Castiel. See, I didn't remember that at all. Oh. Like, but I didn't really remember any of the episodes, yeah. to be fair. So. Yeah. But yeah. I thought it was nice. I mean, Jimmy clearly wanted Castiel to possess him just for the fact that he wasn't possessing Claire. You know what I mean? He didn't want his daughter yeah. to have to go through what he went through. Mm-hmm. So he was just basically saving Claire's life. Yeah. So I thought that was yeah. sweet. I mean, yeah, I, I I don't dispute that whole, you know, that was fine to me. It seemed like that's how it should go. You know? Right. I think so, too. At least yeah. according to everything that we know about them so far. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, okay, here's my thing. I totally forgot that, like, that was Jimmy's outfit that he picked out. Because usually, I mean, the angels can pick whatever outfits they want to wear. Right. You know? Like, you see certain angels, like, later on, especially in season, um, was it 14? A certain character. Like, at, like um, outfit change compared to, like, what the person would have normally mm-hmm. worn, you know? Yeah. Um... You know, clearly they have some sort of a sense of, like, 
their style or what they like because mm-hmm. they can pick. But, like, Cass never changed. Right. He's like, this is Jimmy, so I'm going to be Jimmy. And it's like, I kind of wonder, it's like, is it a reminder of Jimmy and, like, a reminder about humanity? Or Maybe. is it, like, just he didn't know any better? You know, like, I don't know. Like, because they can pick whatever they want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. That's probably a reminder of Jimmy. I would think so, because, I mean, later in different seasons, like, I mean, I don't think this is giving anything. It's not really giving anything away. You could already kind of tell. Like, Cass is, like, out of all of the angels, he is the most, like, in touch with the humans. Right. He doesn't get social things, but, like, he is the most sympathetic to the human cause. Yeah. And so, like, to me, I could see that being something where he's, like you know what, this is my reminder that it's not, like, I'm not just me. Like, this guy sacrificed his life to me, basically, to, like, take over. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, anyways, those are, those are my thoughts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think, do I have all of them? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, So, what was your favorite moment? My favorite moment was when um, Sam and Dean are driving in Baby, or kind of early in the episode, and um, Anna suddenly shows up in the back seat, and she's like, "Hey guys!" And hey. Dean, and Dean like almost crashes the car, <laughs> and he's like, "He's like, why don't you, you know, phone ahead?" And she was like, "I like the element of surprise. <laughs> I just really like that." Oh, and he when kind he when he sw- when he swerves the car, she was like, "Smooth." <laughs> and then he's Somebody's like, "He's giving it back to him." Yeah, and then and then Dean's like, "You look like really hot right now," and she's like, "This is not the right time, Dean." <laughs> so nice try, but it's not gonna. Work. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm angeled up, we are not having sex again. No. Again. Yeah. 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 What was your favorite moment? So, I think my favorite moment was when Dean was like being super sassy to Sam and was like, "Was it a refreshing coke?" Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you lost him because you were getting a coke. Was it at least refreshing? Right. Yeah. And like you could tell, like he was irritated, but he was mostly like making fun of him. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and I also love the fact that Misha's voice is just so high. Like, Jimmy's voice is so high compared to oh, totally. the cast voice, you know? Totally. Like, it's just, it, it, it was interesting to me. Because I think, yeah, I do think his voice is lower now in general. Yes. Like, just his speaking voice is lower. Because, I don't know if it's because he spent so much time talking as Cass that his voice has changed. Or if he's just so used to talking as Cass that he just kind of, like, does it to an extent now yeah you know like i don't know if it's a physical thing or what but Mm -hmm. um, probably just used to it by now yeah i mean i think yeah yeah um that yeah I, i don't know i mean and i know i would think that it would probably change him a little bit too whether he knew it or not you know Mm hmm but Anyways, um, so our interesting facts from this episode, um, it says before, before become Castiel, I'm guessing it meant before Jimmy becomes Castiel, uh, while sleeping in his chair, Jimmy Novak is watching It's Supernatural with Sid Roth. Oh, okay. Which, I don't even know what that is, but. I don't either, but okay. Um, it says, while Dean's line, Anna used something like that to wish the angels back to the cornfield, uh, maybe similar, wait, 
maybe similar to elements from Field of Dreams from 1989. It's a classic reference from It's a Good Life 1961 episode and an episode of The Twilight Zone in 1959. Cool. Um, so this one says, Jimmy Novak, the vessel of Angel Castiel, was from Pontiac, Illinois. Um, in the beginning of the season... In the beginning of season four, Dean was buried in Pontiac, Illinois, where he was raised from the grave by Castiel. Um, it was at this time that Jimmy Novak accepted Castiel to raise Dean from perdition. So, like, Castiel came in, like, possessed Jimmy mm-hmm. to go and get Dean. Okay. Um, it says, this episode shows the first time Dean witnesses Sam drinking demon blood in the series. Um... So it says in Christian eschatology. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. Um, uh, The rapture. I'm guessing they mean. Okay, we're just going to go with in the Bible. There you go. (laughs) Because that makes more sense. Uh, The rapture refers to the belief that either before or simultaneously with the second coming of Jesus to the earth, uh, believers will be raised from the earth to meet him in the air. Uh, this draws a parallel to Jimmy Novak, a devout Christian, accepting the vessel of the angel Castiel. Okay. Um, it says... Jimmy, it says, Jimmy says that he's been shot and stabbed while possessed by Castiel. Um, it was actually Dean and Bobby that did that in the season for a premiere, but Dean does not mention it. Right. Because that's, they were like, what are you? And Bloom, full of... All sorts of different things. I know. They did a bunch of crappy things to him. <laughs> they really did. Like, they kind of really uh, just uh, tried to annihilate him, which was not cool. I know. So our um, research from this week, it's not really, like, I think it's somebody did, like, maybe a fan little, like, blurb or... I don't know exactly, like... It just sounds like somebody made it up as opposed to having a genuine experience. Yeah, it's very, like... Descriptive. Yeah, you'll find out, yeah. But, yeah, so, um, this is off of, um, literateape.com. It's a cool little story, though, so we just thought it'd be fun to share here. Yeah, and it's from Pontiac, Illinois, so we're like whatever why not um so it says uh real life ghost stories the witch's chair by jl thurston which i thought was oh funny funny um so it says in pontiac illinois there is a cemetery where sits a gravestone that has become locally known as the witch's chair not many facts are known about the chair as legend corrupts quickly with the passing of time here we take a walk through the cemetery to see it for ourselves says, nervous footfalls, quickened from anxiety, make soft tapping sounds on the pavement, only to be swallowed up in the night. The neighborhood is quiet, dark, and sleeping. The trees loom overhead like skeleton arms reaching out to stop you. Turn back, they call out in silent voices. Go home. The road bends and you follow. The steady flow of adrenaline has sharpened your vision. The road runs by a park with grass blackened in shadows. Ancient trees stand centennial. Sentinel. Centennial. <laughs> I was like, that wasn't right. I was right. like, um... That's what? not right at all. <laughs> Sentinel. I just... You're fine. Added a bunch of extra letters. Um, and okay. changed some, too. 
It says, your fingers brush the cold metal gates and the stone pillars that welcome all living or dead into the ceremony. Into the ceremony. Into the cemetery. It's fine. <laughs> You're doing fine. You know what? It's past I'm midnight. Tired. It's past midnight <laughs> I'm now. Trying. We don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Okay. <laughs> I would be terrible at, like, doing those books on tape things. You know how people can, like, record themselves oh, reading yeah. for it? Because, like, I, like... Just get it. My eyes start to go ahead of where I'm reading, and mm-hmm. so I like make up stuff sometimes as I go, and I'd like goof up so often that it would yeah. just be ridiculous. Uh, anyways, back to the story. It says, um, "From the entrance, your destination is not far, but the cemetery road is narrow and pocked with ruts and gravel. It is easy to stumble. The road branches this way and that way, allowing access through the mixture of old graves and new." A plot has been dug earlier that day, and an empty grave, grave, almost a grape, <laughs> empty grave <laughs> awaits the host. <laughs> oh, man. You cannot help it. Your eyes look down into the grave, the perfect rectangle of darkness. It's fathomless in the dark, a chasm of eternity. Your pace quickens. This cemetery is not over large, but it is tucked against a river, so it side wounds um, in an oblong direction. The river has been a massive problem for many plots that it runs by. On more than one occasion, the river has flooded and washed coffins away. Crypts are nestled into the ground, little houses for the dead. Family names engraved boldly on their facades. That doesn't make any sense. That's fine. Whatever. I don't know. Okay, anyways, I'm moving on. (laughs) The goblin tree marks the halfway point. This tree that has frightened children for centuries, ever since its bark formed in such a way that an unmistakable, disfigured face appears in it. But only at night. When the sun shines down upon the tree, it appears knotted but normal. It needs shadows to reveal the goblin's face. The wind is cool and smells of the river. Somewhere in the park, across the bridge, teenagers laugh. It bounces off the wall of a pavilion and reaches your ears discordantly. A cat scurries away from its hiding spot behind a tombstone, a mouse hanging dead in its mouth. You jump. You're wound up tight. The slightest sound puts you on edge. I mean, as it does when you're in a cemetery. Yep. (laughs) You're convinced that in this cemetery lies evil and that you're going to see it with your own eyes. (laughs) Curiosity killed the cat. There's a beautiful gravestone that is shaped like a tall tree stump, a book resting on top of it. Black marble stones, decades old but still appearing brand new, glisten in what moonlight there is. Moss-covered, rounded tombstones stand crooked and half in and half sunk from cemeteries, cemeteries from centuries of weather. Oh boy, cemeteries. Of <laughs> You're weather. doing a good job. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Says you pass by all the beauty and sorrow. Then there it is, the witch's chair. It's a gravestone, over a century old and degraded. There was once a stone chair with an epitaph on the side, but today it's a stone block, crumbled and broken. There are so many legends about this chair. Each generation spins their own version of the curse, the backstory, the misfortune. Growing up, you heard that the witch's chair is a stone that marks the grave of an evil witch who killed her child for a spell. She was hanged for her crime, and if you stand on her grave at midnight, you can hear a baby crying. But as you got older, you were told if you sit on the gravestone and recite the epitaph, you'll die before your 18th birthday. Satisfying the child murderer beneath the the dirt. A girl who went to another school sat on that stone and died in a horrible car crash. That seemed to solidify everyone's belief. It was why you've never even dared to come to the chair. But it's always been on your mind. Like a bad song that keeps playing, you feel that if you can just get to the end, you can silence it for good. So here you are, 
at the end, looking down upon this chair and wondering why on earth it bothered you so much in your childhood. It's a bit sad, actually, because there's no such thing as witches, and this woman's grave has obviously been destroyed by careless teenagers. Time didn't wear away the stone. That much could be seen by the much older tombstones all around in perfect condition. The epitaph is mostly illegible. The name is Perry, 49 years, possibly the word missed. There's no record of a woman killing her child and being hanged for it. There's no record of a witch in Pontiac. But that doesn't mean anything. History is selective. But do you still believe in the curse? Would you dare to sit upon the stone? You are not a child anymore, so you would be immune to the curse. Probably. You've come all this way. You've come at night. You want the full experience that, that you so long denied yourself. You're here to satisfy your curiosity, to see, that the evil, or to see the evil that was buried in the cemetery. You expected more, but it is what it is. And so you sit. And somewhere beneath you, a woman cackles. Oh... <laughs> I like it. That was a good story. It was a good one. I, whoever wrote it did a good job. I did a terrible job of reading it. No, but you're fine. Whoever, that was really scary. It, I like that. It's like a proper scary story. Yeah, like the little like one-liner endings are always good ones. Yeah, but that was really good. That was our story of the week. It wasn't really research, and I mean, kind of a haunting, I guess. But yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so. Um, what was your idiot or ass butt moment from this week? Okay, this was actually a couple weeks ago. Um, it wasn't before you came over last time, but the time before. Um, it was the night before you came over, and we were cleaning up down here. Mm-hmm. And Killian was way past his bedtime, so he was, like, way past his limit already. Freaking out, yeah. He was. And I was like, we have to clean up because Rochelle's coming over. So over the next half an hour, he would pick something up and put it away and be like, we have to clean up for Rochelle. And, Aww. yeah, he was doing He'd, like, put something away, and then he'd be like, she's coming over. And he would be, like, practically cry, but he just, like, totally lost his shit. And if, like, if I, like, <laughs> left something behind, he would be like, no, you have to put it away because Rochelle's coming over. <laughs> it went on for, like, half an hour, and he was just getting like, more I and more frantic. Even. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was just so cute, but he was That's just cute. trying so hard for you. It was Aww. adorable, yeah. Oh, he's cute. Yeah. <laughs> so... That was what I, it was. I was just it was sort of sweet, but mostly kind of sad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how much he needed to go to sleep. Yeah, but, yeah. Anyway, what was your rigid or aspen moment? <laughs> so my, I'm gonna go with an ass butt moment. Okay, <laughs> um, was somebody that I work with. <laughs> okay, it was, it was becoming a, a theme here. Um, but so I like never wear makeup, mostly because I don't care enough. Yeah. And it just takes time. And quite honestly, I'd much rather spend that extra five to 10 minutes sleeping, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really don't care, you know? Like, I'm not trying to impress anybody at work, you know? And it's just kind of, it's ridiculous because I'm going to be in a dark room all the time anyway, so who cares? Yeah. But so. You know, I had a lot of people this is the past two years now at these Christmas parties. They're like, oh, I had somebody come up to me this year and was like, oh, my gosh, you look exactly like Rochelle. And then looked at me and was like, oh, you're Rochelle. <laughs> That's like, weird. I was like, um, oh, because you had makeup on. I had makeup on and I looked different. Right. And I was like, thanks. You know, like, mm-hmm. ah. and, you know, I get all these people like because I curled my hair and I did makeup and everything. Mm-hmm. People are like, you look but you look so different, you know, like, well, well, and they just go to like nothing rude, you know, just kind of like, oh, wow. You know, you look so different with makeup on and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And so 
I was talking to somebody who was saying something along those lines. I was like, oh, you look so different. Like, oh, you know, you look good. Like, I like how you did your makeup and your hair and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, thanks. And then somebody's like, yeah, you know, you should do that more often. Oh, my God. I'm like, uh, what? And I kind of was just like, I just sat there for a second. I was like, hold on. You know, like, yeah. how do I, how do I respond to this right now right. without like, being like what the hell you know yeah totally and so uh, and I'm like okay and I just kind of like sat there and I waited I was like there's got to be some sort of follow-up to this you know instead Mm -hmm. of just like you should wear that more often I mean it wasn't said in like a snotty way but it was just kind of like um you know like do you understand how you come across right and then it was like the oh yeah you know it looks good like we never see you wear it you should wear it more often sort of thing Mm -hmm. and I'm like Sitting there going, yeah, because you think I look better with it? Like, listen, I know I look better with it, but I don't care. You know, I didn't right, say right, that, right. but I was just like, I just, all I said, I was like, well, that's an extra five minutes that I'd rather be sleeping. So whatever. I was yeah. like, I've got nobody to impress. I don't care. And I walked away. Good for <laughs> you. Like, Good grief. You know, and I was kind of like, um, who says that? Someone you know, who doesn't like, have the right social skills. Oh my gosh. But I'm like, okay, you know, it's one thing to be like, oh, yeah, you look good, like, whatever, you know, like, it's different or something like that. But, like, you don't say, oh, yeah, you look good, so you should wear that more often. Because that implies that I did not look good before. Right, right, right. (laughs) And, like, I need to change somehow to be acceptable to society. And I was like, no. (laughs) But, yeah, I was kind of like, hmm, okay. So that was kind of an ass-butt moment. Yeah, that's pretty awkward. I I was like, how do you respond to this? Because I didn't want to be mean and, like, start – because I don't know if it was meant that way. Right. But it was kind of like, uh, think about what you say before you say it. Exactly. You know, like, this is not how we do things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For the record, you look totally beautiful without makeup. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. So, like, I'm okay with how I look without makeup. I do know that I look – better with makeup just because I don't look as tired. <laughs> but like honestly I really don't care and like I don't have anybody to like impress with my makeup skills. Like honestly even when I like go out and do nice stuff sometimes I don't even bother. Like I don't even care because it's like ugh, who like it's effort. Like and yeah. I don't want to put forth that effort. Like I understand. I'll do that for like the work holiday party or like you know like if I know that I'm gonna be taking pictures Mm -hmm. like because I am very very white and I look very washed out with you know camera light and just light in general Mm -hmm. so (laughs) I know that if I'm going to record that that I should probably have some color to my face so I don't look totally like whitewashed on camera um but other than that like I just eh, you know yeah (laughs) so I don't know but it was just kind of like oh Gee, thanks. You know, like, that's pretty messed up. Yeah, mm, whatever. It is what it is. But for all you ladies that don't think that you look good enough without makeup, screw them. <laughs> do yeah. what you want to do. If it is your sleep or your sanity that is like going out the window, so that you could look good for other people. Like, listen, if you, I know a lot of people that love to put on makeup because it's fun for them and it's like an artistic thing. You do that. Like, you rock your thing. But if you're only doing it because somebody else tells you that you need to do it or you feel like you need to do it for somebody else, no. <laughs> like, kick them out of your life. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, they're not worth your time. But, 
Anyway, so that's just been my public service announcement for I love it. today. I totally love it. <clears throat> well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. Or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.